Alternative Radio. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and this is Stranger Than. Today we have a variety of things to tell you. None we of them are do. none of them are overly important, but they're certainly strange. So uh, why don't we start? Well, let's see here. How about how about we start with a little bit of sex? A little bit of that's probably yeah. Like let's start with the sex because I've got mostly like dead things to talk about. Oh, so, okay, you know. Well, this, let's do the hot stuff before the not stuff. This is oh, this is this is spicy. Uh, this is from APnews.com. Uh -huh. From Germany. Okay. Man rescued from woods after sex game goes awry. Oh dear. Berlin AP. German police say a 51-year-old man who was left tied up in the woods when a sex game went awry had a lucky escape after a cyclist and a hunter heard his screams for help. Police said the man was discovered fully dressed but firmly bound with ropes and a pantyhose over his head atop a deer hunting platform near the town of Brookburg, Lake Wednesday. In a statement Friday, police said the man appeared to have been tied up by a woman he met online. After she had done so, the woman received a phone call and fled the woods suddenly, leaving the man behind oh in a hapless, hapless state. <laughs> You know, I feel like we've heard stuff like this before, like, you know, just sex games in the woods gone awry. Like, just, you know, don't don't go out to the woods. Uh, for... Maybe always have a small knife on you so you can cut yourself free. Maybe. Mm -hmm. um, the 51 year old told officers that he had a box cutter on him for such situations, but seemed oh, to have underestimated the woman's bondage skills because he was unable to reach the knife, police said. The man was oh, wow. unharmed and refused to provide information about the woman's identity. Police have opened an investigation of her on suspicion of failure to render assistance and possible deprivation of liberty. I can just imagine her, like, tying him up, like, and with, like, a thick German accent, too, you know. <laughs> oh, it's probably speaking in German, because, you know. Probably speaking in German, but, you it was know, in, German. in my head, I, I, I hear her speaking English with a German accent. Right, right. Because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like Frau Farbischina or whatever from uh, Austin uh -huh. Powers. Yes. Um, apparently, what I find is interesting is that uh, the cops are going after her. One of the things they're going after her for is failure to render assistance. So in Germany, if you don't help someone who's obviously in need, you can be prosecuted for it, apparently. Wow. Which is like... <laughs> kind of cool, I guess. It's like, <laughs> no, you gotta help. You, you gotta help. <laughs> but well, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. The, it, you know, you're obligated to help others. Yeah, in, yeah, you know, in situations, not not just morally, but legally. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, I guess the moral of the story is keep your box cutter closer. I love that he actually did have a box cutter right on him. I mean, for I always have that <laughs> a Swiss Army knife on me, not because I, you know, am doing bondage in the woods or anything, but just you know, it's a handy tool to have. Right. So yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying not to get that... tied up in the woods. I guess. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> 
another I got an interesting story I have that has it's it's sort of sex adjacent. Okay. Uh, this is from usnews.com. Extinct bird reevolved itself back into existence. Oh jeez, I hate birds. <laughs> Once the bird became extinct, it only took 20,000 years for it to return and evolve into a flightless bird again. Uh, basically what it was is there's this bird that's called the Aldabra rail, and it's named after the Aldabra atoll uh, where, the, the, where uh, it lives. It's the last surviving, surviving native flightless bird in the Indian Ocean region at all. And it is descended from a flying white-throated rail, and they think that the reason that it no longer flies is because it didn't have any predators. And so they were like, well, we're fine. Uh, that's why kiwis are flightless is because they just didn't have predators. And mm -hmm. uh, there's like a niche you can fill as like kind of a, like a rodent kind of niche you can fill in that as being a flightless bird. So fossils of the Aladabra rail have been discovered dating back 136,000 years ago, but this island was, had, was submerged by the ocean. So it just went underwater, and that's why this critter went, went extinct, is because, well, it had no place to live anymore. Once the bird became extinct after the flood, it took 20,000 years for the white-throated rail to return and evolve into the flightless Aladabra bird again. So it came, the, the island came back or something, and then the bird just re-evolved on it. Like, no, this is fine, we remember this. And so they find, and, and they know this because they find fossils of this bird way long ago, and then it matches the new uh, like bones they find of this bird that's here now. And there's like no, nothing in between that, they don't find anything in between. Like the fossil record stops and then it picks okay. up again. And so it's just a fucking weird thing. You know, life uh, finds a way. You know what I wish would come back from extension is the dodo bird. I knew you were going to say that. You knew that? Do you know anything about the dodo? I don't. I just know that it'd be fun to fucking play some croquet with them, like Alice in Wonderland. Maybe. Maybe mm -hmm. it would. Maybe it would. So why don't you tell us uh, some, some stuff, Joanna? What you, got, what you got for us? Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about a lake in India. The, the Rupkins Lake. Also known as Skeleton Lake, also known as Mystery Lake. Wow. Yes, my the scoob in the gang there. <laughs> my sources: uh, Nature.com, GreekReporter.com, BBC.com, TribuneIndia.com. Well, Rupkin Lake, aka Skeleton Lake, aka Mystery Lake, uh, number one does sound like a place where uh, the mystery mobile would pull up to and the gang would hop out. Mystery oh, the machine. mystery machine. I always do that. I always call it the mystery yeah. mobile. And you just sound like a fool when you do that, <sighs> Joanna. I'm sorry. Yeah, you've made. I mean, you've made me look a fool <laughs> just through, you know, association. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> Yeah, Scoob and the gang would definitely hop out and be like, you know, what's going on here? Well, what is going on down there at Mystery Lake is that there is like a shit ton of human bones scattered oh. about like the shores of the lake and in the lake and probably like underneath uh, the lake. 
It is uh, way up in the middle of fucking nowhere in the Himalayan mountain range. Um, it's about 5,000 meters or 16,400 feet above sea level. Uh, it sits at the bottom of a steep slope on Trisul, which is one of India's highest mountains. And it's in the state of Uttarakhand. Rockhand. The lake is not very huge. It's only 40 meters or 131 feet across and only about 3 meters or 10 feet deep. Like how I did I all like my meters to shit lake. to feed in a conversion there. <laughs> meters to shit. Meters to meters shit. Meters to shit. Well, I'm sure that's what the rest of the world, you know, thinks of it as since, you know, we have to be the lone rebels that places, don't use the fucking metric system. I think a lot of places use, like, feet for how tall people are. I just can't imagine trying to describe how tall somebody is in meters, you know? Like, what is he, 3.6, 3.4 meters? I mean, that's just, I, my mind cannot think that way. Well, that's because we were raised with the, the American way of doing things, being Americans and all. It's true. It's just a meter is such a, like, a large, like, unit compared to a foot it is so it's like three it's a little bit over three feet mm -hmm. isn't it or is that a yard i have no fucking idea i mean I the the lake know. is three meters which equals to like 9.8 you know feet deep oh so, yeah, yeah it's so about it is three, three and yeah. change mm -hmm. all right well this uh, unsettling discovery was first made in 1942 when a British forest ranger was out there and uh, there was apparently the lake was kind of gurgling and he made his way down the steep ass slope to the lake and like, what do you know? There's like human fucking bones everywhere. Just. Yeah, <laughs> and a uh, lone British patroller was uh, understandably pretty freaked out, and he rushed back to the, you know, wherever the British government had their base out there, because, of course, this was 1942, and uh, it was still... It, yeah, ball deep in World War yeah, II. Yeah, ball deep in World War II, and that was, like, one thing um, that the British government uh, freaked out about initially with all the discovery of all these bodies was that maybe um, they thought maybe it was Japanese soldiers that were, like, coming to try and uh, invade. Japanese, Yeah, right? well, because, you know, we yeah. Oh, yeah, it was in yeah, India. Yeah, they were That's in right, India, yeah. and they were uh, maybe going to be trying to, like, invade Tibet at the time and thought, like, maybe they had been caught in some sort of, like, natural disaster and had Yeah, perished. Hitler was into Tibet. And so, you know, I'm sure he wanted the Empire of Japan to, to get it because he wanted to... He liked Tibetans, too. He was super into was them. Was he? Which is weird. Yeah. I mean, he was into some weird shit. So, I mean, it's yeah, because, not No, he's like, I don't know. I don't like any of you people who aren't, you know, white, except for the Tibetans. Like, they're fine. But the rest of you guys can go fuck yourselves. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, Hitler. <laughs> Hitler. What a fucking dick, dude. <laughs> yeah, really. So, <laughs> to put it lightly. Since yeah, since uh, India was still under uh, the rule of the British Empire, you know, like flux for India still at the time. Yeah. Uh, they dispatched some scientists like immediately to like figure out like, okay, where are all these were these like skeletons of Japanese soldiers coming to invade a, in to invade India and Tibet and. 
yeah. So they remove approximately 300 uh, skeletons from the area. Jesus. Yes, and likely uh, there's probably an additional, they estimate probably another like 600 bodies in and around and under the lake, aside from the 300 that they moved. But they did an analysis and were like, okay, well, you know, no need to panic. These bones are old as fuck. (laughs) These people aren't dead, weren't dead recently. Right. They have been dead for a really, really long time. But um, that was really all that they did. I mean, they didn't really have good carbon dating back at the time. And they're, you know, in the middle of a war going on. So that, that was about all that was ever done with the skeletons for for quite some time. Uh, The only thing that was maybe notable is, okay, the bones were really old, and it didn't appear to be any babies or children amongst all the hundreds of... So just all full-grown human beings. Mm -hmm. Just just a bunch of grown-ass dead adults. I mean, theories were... Grown-ass dead motherfuckers. (laughs) Theories were that (laughs) there was, you know, a whole bunch of people traveling for something, perhaps a pilgrimage, because it is, it's not on a trade route, but it is on a route that, that area is on a route that um, people actually do, do pilgrimages, like every 12 years, I'll get a little more into that, but thought maybe they were caught in some sort of catastrophic, uh, you know, natural event, like, you know, that can happen a lot out there in the Himalayas. And, um, (laughs) or even could have been, um, you know, some sort of a disease thing where like, you know, a bunch of people like died of plague and they dumped all these bodies down into the lake at some point. So yeah, those, those were kind of the general accepted theories, but in 2004, um, a group of scientists were like, Hey, let's take a closer look and see if we can really figure out like what the fucking fuck is up with, all these dead bodies uh, in this one really remote area. So they did some like, you know, really like fancy science shit. And (laughs) (laughs) what they they took uh, 38 bodies and they did like, you know, full on like DNA uh, mapping and all that, you know, kind of science shit that I'm, you know. Yeah. All, the, all, all that magic. Yeah. <laughs> and tried to, you know, not only, like, uh, date the bones, but figure out, like, okay, like, uh, who were these, like, people? Who were they, like, genetically related to? And uh, the results were somewhat surprising. So, uh, seems that uh, the skeletons of the Rupkund Lake belong to three genetically distinct groups of people that were deposited during multiple events and separated in time by approximately 1,000 years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just in a convenient lake to dump a body, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. So, like... The first group, uh, there was 23 individuals that had ancestry that uh, fell in the range of variation of present-day South Asians. And then 14 had ancestry typical of the Eastern Mediterranean. So, in other words, like Greeks. Like, they're fucking Greek people. 
And then also in that group of the, there was like an additional one that was uh, Southeast Asian related ancestry. Now, the 23 that were the uh, South Asian ancestry, those bones were old as fuck. They um, estimated that they were from about uh, 800 CE. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Those are real. That's, I mean, that's really, fucking... really old. But yeah, old um, it might have been, they might have been deposited in uh, as many as three or four events um, that spanned like 300 years. Now, the other uh, group, which included, you know, the Greeks and then the one Southeast Asian, those uh, dated to. Uh, between the 17th and 20th century, but the data bar and the study puts them all basically right at about the late 1800s is what it was was huh. dated to and seemed to be more uh, like a singular event type situation where they all perished in the late 1800s. Just a one-time. Yeah, just a one-time deal. So... Very weird. Very weird. Yeah. <laughs> now, there is a local uh, legend and even a Himalayan song that uh, talks of um, a group of people who uh, infuriated uh, the, the goddess um, of the, the mountain because they were uh, going to pay pilgrimage, which uh, usually the pilgrims go to the Nanda Devi mountain. And Nanda is the Hindu goddess of bliss. And they uh, really pissed her off because they brought in like soldiers and dancing women and were basically getting up to a bunch of shenanigans during the pilgrimage that they should not have been. And Nanda punished them by hurling hailstones at them, which were hard as iron. Now, weirdly enough, there are several skeletons that show um, signs of uh, blunt force trauma to the head. And mostly uh, from, like, above, like something hit the top of their head like, like really really hard wow. and then there's like kind of like round indents at like you know the front part of the skull so basically as if uh they were killed by giant um hailstorm pellets you know right. maybe even as hard as iron you know like that ice can get pretty fucking you know that's that's hard and when it's and when it's falling mm -hmm. i mean it's it reaches terminal velocity and so perhaps the legend is not, you know, so much local folklore and le legend as like maybe like a real thing that did happen uh, to at least one group of people uh, many, many hundreds yeah. of years ago uh, out there on the pilgrimage. And they were, um, you know, slaughtered by hailstones on their way <laughs> to the Nanda Devi. Fucking weird. <laughs> So that is uh, one one theory for the like the really old ones. The ones where something happened in like the 1800s to uh, you know the Greeks and the Southeast uh, Asian dude or lady. Uh, 
nobody can really um yeah I'm not yeah sure that's exactly like something I don't know of a mystery they, too because uh it would be very unusual for um it would be very unusual at the time for the somebody of those dis- that descent and um and during that time to have been you know practicing like hindus <laughs> and uh doing like a hindu pilgrimage out there in the middle of the himalayas it's just kind kind of hey. weird and there's no there's no local folklore or legends or stories or anything even written down or in the papers or nothing around that time Speaking of like a large group of foreigners disappearing in the Himalayan mountains, um, yeah, there's basically nothing. It's just a big mystery as to why they were out there and how they died. Uh, yeah, circumstances unknown. The only thing they could really say uh, about them was that they were all he- they, were <laughs> they were dead, <laughs> but they all seemed to be, you know, from what they can gather from the bones, uh, they all they seem to be like healthy at the time of their death. So, yeah, yeah there's up, that up until mm-hmm. their their death. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, really, nothing but a bunch of bones out there, and it's um. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot around to. You know, not a lot of other archaeological evidence to gather out there because. There's a lot of landslides in that area, number one. Number two, people do go out on that road for the pilgrimage, and I guess you know, it's been pretty picked through over the years, the areas. I mean, I know they have found, like, you know, like jewelry and other trinkets and stuff like that, but nothing nothing else really to, no, no other kind of evidence to, um, you know, shed some light on why they were out there and what might have happened. So probably going to just remain a strange ass mystery, but you know, there you have it. So yeah, plenty of bones out there <laughs> yeah. still at Skeleton Lake. So if you're out in the Himalayas and, uh, you know, you want to see something creepy, uh, you can really only see the skeletons though. I mean, the lake is like, is frozen over for much of the year. It's only when the, you know, it thaws out that the skeletons kind of start bobbing up and, you know, the snow melt, the snow melts <laughs> yeah. away and kind of uncovers a lot of the bones that are around the shore. And yeah. So you want to go see something fucking gnarly, then there you go. Yeah. Go find <laughs> that fucking lake. Yeah. See some. Skeleton Lake. It's a thing. That's wild. Yeah, pretty crazy, huh? That is fucking crazy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I did uh, have some other things involving, like, uh, dead bodies, just because, uh, just you know, found, found a... Uh... Well, let's, uh, let's talk about cryptids for a quick second. Okay. Uh, as it turns out, I mean, which no one anywhere is, is shocked by, is Washington State is the... In number one place, people see Sasquatch. Yes. Uh, it's been spotted 700 times so far. This year? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, interestingly, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, I mean, this also includes a bit of Oregon, um, the, the cities that Sasquatch sightings happen a lot in are Tacoma, Seattle, Bellevue, and Portland, which I think is weird because you don't really see Sasquatch in cities. Right, like Tacoma, really? I mean, been to all of those cities. I feel like that's, uh, 
maybe where the people have come from for the most part. Yeah. But also, that's not a big shock because those are like the four biggest cities. If you had like from Bellevue down on the west coast, anyway. Right. So. Hey, I mean, Sasquatch um, would stick out like a sore thumb in Bellevue. That's for sure. I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very fancy in Bellevue. I used to work there every day. Very, very fancy. I mean, Tacoma, maybe it might blend in with some of the locals. I don't know. Apparently, there's actually four cities in Washington State that are in the top 100 for paranormal activity. <laughs> Seattle's 18th. Okay. Spokane is 50th. All right. Tacoma is 56th. And Vancouver is 78th. Well, that's weird that Vancouver is lower than uh, Tacoma because I would think just the smell of Tacoma alone would like put like the <laughs> aliens off. Scare the ghosts yeah. out. Like, no, nah, we want nothing to do with that. <laughs> Hell no. Do you know, though, that there is a place in Topeka that has an even worse smell than Tacoma? And I am so glad that I didn't like accidentally buy a fucking house out there in that neighborhood. Yeah, it's, it's worse. Yeah. I mean, I used to think like the worst thing ever would be living in Tacoma with the fucking paper mill smell. No, oddly enough, you see the past few times I've been through that area, it doesn't smell no, anymore. I just I don't know. So, it depends. I mean, it depends on the day. Just like you can drive through this area maybe, of Topeka yeah. and it can be just fine. But then other times it was like, what the fuck? The first time I drove through it, I was with my neighbor heading to a house there to pick up some like wood or something for like a project at my house. And I literally thought I had run over something like dead in the road. Like the car just <laughs> filled with like dead animal smell practically. Right. Um, yeah. And what it is, is I think uh, rotten potatoes. It's from the Frito-Lay factory. Okay. Oh. Okay. And so it's wow. chips and like, I guess the oil and like rotten potatoes. Rotten potatoes stink fucking bad. I have thought many times that my cats like killed something in the house and like hit it somewhere and something's like. And just found a rotten yeah, potato. Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the, those, like, few potatoes I had in my cupboard. And that was the actually Oof. the smell. And that is the smell that <laughs> permeates, like, the, you know, uh, the, the yeah. north part of uh, Topeka in the area that the factory is in. And I am just glad as fuck That's... that I did not accidentally move there. Because, I mean, I could have gone there on a good day and been yeah. like, yeah, let me buy the house, you know? Like, oh, no, this is lovely. Uh -huh. I love it. Yeah, only to discover, nice house, like, what the fuck is that fucking smell? Because when it is there, it is there, and it is fucking right. horrible. Oh, my God. All-encompassing. All it permeates everything. Yeah, fun fact. Soaks the inside of your... Yeah, yeah, do your research before you buy a home and make sure, like, find out what factories are in the area. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, if it is a Frito-Lay factory, do not buy. Do not. Right. Yeah, <laughs> stay away from... Stay away I've had, from Frito-Lay. So where I work, there are a couple places that process weed in some way. And so every year, like all the time when I'm at work, it just reeks like weed. Mm -hmm, but that's a nice smell. Just constantly. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. Uh, but it's just like unexpected. It wasn't always like that. Nope, definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. But yeah, that rotting potato smell, so bad. Not, 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 not a fan of that. Well, I'll remember that. No rotting potatoes. Don't live, don't live a little close to Frito mm -mm. Lay's. Mm -mm. You will regret it. Yeah. <laughs> every time, every day. Well, let's see here. I've got another one from the National Cryptid Society. 
cryptid encounter in Stanford, eyewitnesses describe a winged humanoid in the cornfields of Kentucky. This is from January 21st, 2023. The Oxford English Dictionary defines the word cryptid as an animal whose existence or survival is dis disputed or unsubstantiated, such as the Yeti. For the following witnesses to living cryptids, there is no dispute. In this series of National Cryptid Society's case files, you will read what the witnesses have experienced in their own words. Keep an open mind when reading these accounts, and also remember one's perception and memory of an event can be influenced by the emotions felt at the time of the occurrence. The contributors of this series of articles are doing the best they can to recount what are, in some cases, very shocking and traumatic experiences. Sighting of a mysterious wing winged creature in Stanford, Kentucky has locals questioning the unknown. Is it a bird? A bat? Or something else entirely? Superman, perhaps? I don't know. <laughs> it was in Stanford, Kentucky that this was occurred on William Whitley Road, Stanford, Kentucky, and it's the home of William Whitley Sto State Historic House and Park. Uh, the date the sighting occurred was like summertime of 2018, July or August. Uh, my 17-year-old son, Ryder, and his friend, Heather, were walking to town from our house on William Whitley Road in Stanford, Kentucky. It was around 1.30 a.m. in either July or August of 2018. They made it to the end of our road, which is about a quarter mile from our house, when they heard commotion in the cornfield that runs the length of half our house on the opposite side of our house and ends at the end of the road. Ryder turned to see a humanoid figure, figure come running very fast out of the cornfield, then take flight with huge, thin-looking wings. He said he could hear its huge wings flapping and watched as it landed on the top of the T-post of the last electric pole on the end of our road. He grabbed Heather's arm and told her to turn around and look at it. She was already in tears and didn't want to turn around and see it, although she heard exactly what he did. But he told her there was no way he was going to be the only one to see it, so as he got her to turn around and look, it went from a standing position on two legs to a crouching position on the top of the post and folded its wings into itself and just crouched, crouched there silently watching them. They both said it looked as though when standing, it stood around seven feet tall <gasps> and had very thick looking legs and body. But as they were about 1,000 to 1,500 feet away and it was dark out, they couldn't make out any facial features except the skin except that its skin looked like a dark gray color. Not knowing what to do and definitely not wanting to turn around and come back home because they would have to move in the direction the creature was in, they had no other option but to turn their backs to the creature and continue toward town. They stood staring at it and it at, and it at them for about two to three minutes, trying to decide what to do before they started walking back toward town. They said the thing never moved and just sat crouched on the pole watching watching them until they were until they were finally out of sight of it the whole time my son kept looking back to make sure it wasn't coming toward them heather was too afraid to turn back and look toward it sounds like a gargoyle or something i know right uh, apparently i mean the critters in the area like it couldn't be one of those critters there's deer wild turkeys raccoons uh, there's all kinds of birds bluebirds ducks but i mean nothing huge i guess uh there are these giant ass eagles called harpy eagles that vaguely resemble a person but i mean 
they don't have arms and legs. <laughs> you right. know, they're just a fucking eagle. And their wings aren't like leathery either. Like they're feathered. Yeah, they're feathered wings. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a fucking a weird ass thing. That's creepy as fuck. I would totally be Heather in tears, not wanting to look at it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. It's like, no. No shit. No. And I also didn't realize that uh, Stanford was in Kentucky. Well, there's a lot of Stanfords, you know. Oh, yeah, it's probably not the Stanford. Yeah, the Stanford is in Connecticut, I believe. Okay, mm-hmm. well, there you go. Yeah. That makes sense. They don't have Ivy League schools except for in the East Coast, right? Yes, and yeah. like it's in the North. East. Northeast, you know? not... I don't yeah. think there's any Ivy League schools in Kentucky. <laughs> no. No. I'm not sure if they allow schools in Kentucky. <laughs> I've never really seen any, like, huge cryptid thing like that. I don't think I'd like it, really. Uh, no, I definitely would not enjoy that at all. Something that's like, you know, like a giant fucking bat that, you know, but is also like maybe kind of like humanoid too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking like gargoyle or some kind of like fucking... Yeah, with the gray skin. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that totally reminds me of gargoyle. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's some know. fucking horror shit movie right there. You know, horror movie shit right, right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, horror shit movie? Horror shit movie. Whatever. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. Why don't you tell us about some more... I know what you're trying to say. Why don't you tell us about some more dead bodies, Joanna? Okay, well, funny that the gargoyle is mentioned because, okay, that that does come up in in one of these uh, short, uh, horrifying stories that uh, (laughs) Ranker.com was kind enough to gather from uh, the recesses of Reddit world, you know, on the internets. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they collected a bunch of stories from people that are morticians or no morticians of some of the weirdest uh, shit that's uh, come into their morgue. Um, so from Redditor uh, back to Redditor back to back uh, says the undertaker had to pre- prepare a woman for viewing at a wake who had been killed by a gargoyle falling from the tower of an old church and making a direct hit. Apparently, it did extensive damage, the kind that took him several days of reconstructive preparatory work. Wow. Yeah. That always makes me think of, like, Six Feet Under, like, especially, like, that <laughs> yeah. one, like, Head Smash episode where that lady was, you know, standing up out of the limo. Right. And they had to call in uh, Rico to, <laughs> to work I on that one. I about that. Yep. Ah. <sighs> Another one uh, says, uh, this is from uh, Redditor ED98208, the weirdest and most puzzling case was a man in his late 60s who died of a pulmonary embolism as a result of crushing his own penis in a vice. Oh. I've tried to think of ways it could have happened accidentally, like naked woodworking, or what his thought process could have possibly been. It's impossible for you to do that on accident. Oh, yeah, dude. And why I mean, would you do that, though? Jesus Christ. Some Ouch. people have, uh, like, dysmorphia, I guess, to a really extreme uh, case. Yeah. Where they want to harm themselves. I don't know. Ouch. I don't know how. It, like, I just don't think it could happen on accident. No. That seems pretty much absolutely impossible. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, from the modern mortician, uh, a lady ate herself to death on five containers of Duncan Hines frosting. Neighbors saw Ooh. her for two days sitting in her fave chair. Then finally someone checked on her. She was dead with a container of frosting in her lap and four empties on the floor around her chair. Her chin had frosting on it, too. Her mother revealed she had gastric bypass five months prior. So if you've had gastric bypass surgery, like, first of all, you're not supposed to eat that much. But second of all, uh, like, five is the number of Duncan Hines cans uh, that, you know, like, if you... Four is the number that I guess you can eat before you die. But if you have that fifth one, like, you're a goner. Just like what pops all the stitches on the inside and you just... Yep. Just bleed like burst. internally bleed out. Yeah, basically, yep. Mm-hmm. God damn. Yeah, five can. Gotta love that Duncan Hines frosting. I mean, it is delicious, but I don't even know what that is. You know, it's the, just the frosting in the can, like when you're making a cake, like the oh, Betty Crocker. You know, like, like the tub the... of frosting. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got the Betty Crocker, and then they got the Duncan Hines are the two major brands at the grocery store. So and the Duncan Hines is better or uh, i guess she liked it i i tend to prefer oh. the betty crocker but you know that's just okay. me but duncan duncan hines also pretty maybe delicious. that's because it's us, us, us northwesterners yeah next up <laughs> my brother told me about a case where a guy got into a car wreck and ended up being ejected out the windshield when the police and first responders showed up he was sitting outside the car in shock but seemed absolutely fine other than some scratches and a broken arm a miracle really but as soon as the emt lifted him up to give him a more thorough examination the guy immediately collapsed and stopped breathing they rushed him to the hospital where he died but they couldn't pinpoint what caused his sudden death my brother performed the autopsy and discovered that the guy, when he was launched from the car, had been penetrated via rectum by a small sapling. When the guy oh. was sitting down, he was still in shock and probably didn't notice. But when the EMT stood him up, the sapling most likely perforated his bowel and destroyed his internal organs. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that one, like, legit made me, like, one of our... Wow, like, man. no. Just no. Death by anal. Uh-huh. Oh. Just, that's just terrible. That's just fucking terrible. Yeah. Redditor Hermarine had this to say, Not a mortician or EMT, cop fire, etc. Just a dad who chaperoned his 15-year-old kid for their class tour of the local county sheriff's department forensics department. Kids were morbidly curious as to why this car with front-end damage and no back windshield was in the warehouse. The tech offhandedly said that a guy committed suicide by kicking out the back window, tied a long rope to a tree, ran the rope through the empty window, tied it around his neck, and then floored it across this field, decapitating himself when the rope snapped taut. Didn't that happen in a movie or a show? Uh, probably so, but apparently... I think that did. This guy did it in real life. Um, you know, thought of a very uh, creative way to kill himself. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, Constant Terror had this to say, not a mortician, had a very bizarre case of death in my apartment building. On the second floor, there lived a completely crazy old hag. She would stand on the balcony naked from the waist down, throw shit at people below, loudly swear at anybody she met. Almost killed me with a glass jar to the head, missed me by inches when I was walking out of the building. 
and she somehow had gotten herself a 70-year-old lover who lived with her, God knows why. Anyhow, there was a sudden lull in her appearances, and after a while, her neighbors noticed an unbearable stench coming out of her flat. Police got involved, they broke down the door, and inside was a very horrifying scene. There on the bed was she and her lover. She was dead for two weeks. Her lover was dead for at least three months. Wow. Apparently, she kept his death secret to receive his retirement benefits using documents and slept with his corpse in the same bed. And the flat itself, it was just a garbage dump with meter-high piles of rags, refuse, and rubbish laying around. And in the center of the room, there stood a big, 50 kilograms at least, open tub of dairy butter. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as if it wasn't disgusting enough, like, that is just, like, the icing on the cake. Actually, <laughs> the big giant tub of butter in the middle yeah, of the dead that's... bodies and shit and garbage. Sounds... Mm-hmm. Yeah, gross. Glad I didn't have to do cleanup <laughs> on, on that side, I, I tell you yeah, what. Yeah, no shit. Oh. No shit. <laughs> So there you go. Hopefully, you guys right. have some lovely imagery in your heads now. Decapitations, yeah, yeah, be careful. You know, uh, crushed penises, uh, perforated rectums from sapling trees, and the giant tub of butter. You know, yeah. Well, Joanna, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just got to say that I that three new albums have come out by three artists that I like. Okay. And they're all good albums. Uh, the, Smashing Pump- the Smashing Pumpkins released an album called Autumn. Holy shit. A-T-C. Like A-T-U-M. Are they all like even that. alive in that band still? Yeah, they're all still alive. Billy Corgan? And, Billy uh, Corgan was yep. Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, holy shit. Well, that's pretty, that, you know, it's, for it's a, like a, really a big good album. alternative it's... 90s band. That's major for all the members to still be living. <laughs> yeah, no like... shit. <laughs> uh, it's, got, it's a three-disc or a 33-song rock opera. Wow. Uh, starring the characters from Zero from Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Okay. And I believe uh, Shiny from, I can't remember what album, Machina something or other. Uh, an album I'm not super uh, familiar with. But anyway, uh, it's a really good album. So I highly recommend that. The new Depeche Mode album is also very good. Nice. And, uh, and then the new Jethro Tull album is also very good. Okay. Yeah, those are all some familiar, familiar names out there releasing yeah, well, some new shit. Well, I would hope so, because they've all been making music for over two decades apiece. Well, yes, but I mean, I just haven't, you know, they're obviously very familiar, but I just haven't heard of, you know, new stuff coming from any one of them for quite some time. Oh, yeah, so, oh, the Smashing Pumpkins, apparently this is their 12th album. Wow. Like, they've just been, like, releasing albums, and, like, I didn't fucking know about it, so. <laughs> Clearly, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, but their new one is really good. It's really good. Gosh, I think the last Depeche Mode album I bought was, like, Ultra. <laughs> oh, but they've come up with several albums since then. They're, they're on sort of a Star Trek thing where they're, every other album is good. Okay, um, gotcha. And this one is, this one's a pretty good one. So, yeah. All right, so I guess that's all we got for you guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, 
if you want to join our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash stranger than podcast. Uh, for $2 a month, you can get ad-free episodes. For $5 a month, you can get a bonus true crime episode where Joanna tells you awful shit about awful people. You can take a listen to us at ageofradio.org slash stranger than. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of other podcasts on that site you can take a listen to. Uh, you can stream it all from that site or find them on whatever podcatcher you uh, use. Uh, we're on Spotify. They're all on Spotify. It's a wonderful di- it's a wonderful time. You can uh, join our Facebook group, The Strange Space, uh, where we do pretty much very nothing. Little. Yes. Um, but if you want to join it, just you know, to be fancy, go ahead. Um, and with that, I think we'll talk to you next time. And stay strange. <laughs>